Podcast. S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! This show is presented by Manscaped. Sign up for 20% off manscaped.com using the code DANGLE. It's announcement day! And Steve could not be here because Leo brought something I, pretty nasty home from daycare, I guess. You guys aren't feeling very good. Man, I don't know if it was him or something we ate or not not good, but I wouldn't miss this for the world. I would do it from the hospital if I had to. I don't care. I am not missing this announcement that we have teased for no less than six months. I know. I know. This is the SDPN <laughs> is expanding and we are super excited about this. And coming on to talk about it is the one and only Jaina Heifer. Jaina, welcome to the show. I, th- I think it's a first time. It's it's so nice to have you on here. It's the first time. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> so so um, listen, this is something that we, uh, we've been working on for a few months now. Very, very excited uh, to announce. Do you want to take this one or should we? What do you want to do here? You guys line it up and I'll, uh, okay. I'll give my thoughts. I'll read directly from the press release that came out half an hour ago as of you watching this recording, everybody. Uh, the SDPN and the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, PWHPA, today announce a joint production of a all-new women's hockey podcast titled Noxie and Cax, the Noxie and Cax show hosted by Liz Knox and Corell and Marn, which we're very excited. I'm going to make you all clap again. Clap. You, everybody clap. Woo! Come on. So this is... Um, this is uh, something that, uh, you know, we've had sort of uh, cooking for a while, Jaina. And, you know, one of the things that I think when I when I called you uh, out of the blue and said, hey, can we do something like this? Um, and would you partner with us on this? Um, it was about the viewpoint had to be different, right? We wanted to make sure that we had the opportunity for women's hockey to tell its story. But all too often, and Jaina, you would know this. When you when women are interviewed about women's hockey, they feel like they have to speak for the entire sport. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's what makes this a little bit different. I think anytime we as the PWHPA partner with anyone, um, it really has to match our values, our ideals, um, the way we we see the game and our place in the game. And immediately, you know, talking to you, Adam, it became very clear that this was about fun. It was about the sport. It was about the personalities. It was about the good news stories. And, um, you know, we may talk about this in a bit, but there's a heaviness to what we do. There's a constant talk about the fight for equality and the challenges we face and the adversity of being a female athlete. And all of that stuff is is real. And I'm sure it'll be addressed, but it can be heavy on a constant basis. And I think there's so many fans out there, women and men, that would love to get to know some of the female players that would love to hear a female perspective breaking down the game. And, and we have so many fantastic personalities in our sport and we have just as many good stories to go along with the game as we see in the men's side and we hear. And so we're just super excited to, to have a, a really fun time talking hockey, uh, working with you guys who do, do such a great job of that and, and really allowing people to get to know some of the greatest athletes in our sport and some of the biggest personalities. And you nailed it right off the bat, a little inside baseball, but we did get to listen to like a demo show and I'm just listening to uh, Carell and well, I'm just going to call her Cax and (laughs) Noxie. I was listening to them just tell their stories and I hadn't heard anything like this before. 
And it helped me realize exactly how much this show and stories like this are needed. Yeah. I, I mean, I think people are going to really love to get know, get to know Noxie and Cax. And mm-hmm. uh, they're both great personalities in the game. They have different journeys. And their story's not the same as, as a lot of other players in the game. Very different from mine. And um, so I think it's... It's so exciting to be able to bring together all these people that have meant so much to our sport that have had, you know, certainly challenges, but also have had these wonderful experiences and have made the game better and have had teammates that have made it fun. And, um, and you know, they know the game as well as anyone. So whether they're breaking down a game or they're telling stories, I think it's just going to be a fantastic opportunity for people who love the game mm-hmm. to be a part of this. Now, we don't have a specific date as of yet because we're lining up interviews and the shows are already underway, uh, some of them anyway. Um, January 24th, the week of January 24th, which is next week, by the way. Uh, sorry, the week of January 24th. That is today. Sorry. I was uh, like, we're what? expecting in the next seven days you will get an episode. Uh, we're just lining up. You know, the thing is, is that I, th- I might tease Thursday. It's Thursday the day? No, no, no. You might oh, want to put that on your calendar. All right. That's great. So Thursday <laughs> is the day. And I think... Um, you know, I, I think what it was here is, you know, we've been fortunate uh, enough, Jaina, the three of us, to have a lot of exposure. Our good friend Sasky worked with uh, the CWHL for a long, long time. We did some events with them, had a blast. And, you know, we'd hear these stories. And I remember um, uh, Laura Fertino and uh, Nat Spooner and, and, and like they would tell us things that happened. And we were like, no one knows this. And it's it's it, and you, you mentioned it earlier, you know, the heaviness of, of talking about the women's game and you know, the struggle to get it to a professional level and have, a, have you know, the proper living wages and all the other things that go along with that are there. They're present. But they tend to cloud these amazing stories about just hockey and friendship and fun. And I, I'm expecting some serious chirps. And, uh, you know, just talking to, to Liz and Corral about this, um, you know, the idea is you're supposed to be able to listen to this show and it's like you're sitting at the kitchen table with them listening to them talk about talk about things with their friends right things that you wouldn't normally hear and that's that's sort of you know my belief is that and i and you know the the whole sdpn thing is we think that you fall in love with people with stories right you fall in love with the game with stories and i think the stories you're going to hear here are completely different from anything you've ever ever heard before and um and the great thing is you know noxie and cax have a pretty good chemistry too they're fun they are. They're a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, when we look at our membership alone from, you know, players that are firefighters or nurses or teachers and they play hockey. And then we've got athletes that are full time athletes and competing in their second and third Olympic Games, um, all very different journeys, um, some from small towns, some from Canada, some from around the world. And uh, when you bring them all together around the love of the game, um, those stories tend to to flow freely. So I think it's pretty <laughs> exciting and, uh, you know, something that's never been done before in the women's game. And, and we are, you know, completely aligned on this idea of, you know, people follow athletes and in order to follow athletes, you got to get to know them. You've got to have a glimpse into who they are as a person, what their life is like, what their stories along the way have been. And um, this is just so exciting to be able to do that and, and share these amazing athletes and ambassadors and role models and characters in the women's game. So the show will cover the Olympics, obviously, uh, because that tournament is is pretty uh, pretty much upon us um, and some of the athletes going. But of course, Jaina, too, we're going to talk about the PWHPA events that you guys have coming up as well. I'm not sure if we're um, if we if we can say anything, how we're going to do this. But I believe that 
you know, the whole thing is, you know, we want this to continue beyond just the Olympic Games. It's always so convenient that every four years, everybody's like, oh, women's hockey. And then it goes back to, you know, what it was before. Um, can you can you say anything? I, I should have asked you this before we even did the interview. Can you say anything about what's coming up with the PWHPA or do we lay, leave that for later? Well, I, I think I can give you a little bit. We're, we're in the midst of the Secret Dream Gap Tour. And just uh, last week, we announced our next stop, which will be in Ottawa in February, uh, February 25th to the 27th. So really excited about that. We've got another one coming out very soon. So I can't say it, but maybe we'll let Noxie and Cax break it oh. a little early. We'll see. But uh, really exciting one uh, after that. And, you know, the season's not done yet. We got a few lined up. And, and of course, we're all excited to follow what happens at the Olympic Games. But, um, you know, we're, we're so much deeper than that. And we're in a 24-7, 365 days a year talking women's hockey. So um, we're excited about what's to come. Um. Quick, quick question! Quick question for you: Are you still going to do your hockey camp? Are we once once this is all is the Jana Hefford hockey camp returning? And we, I was wondering, and this is really unfair putting you on the spot. Can we sign Steve Dangle up for a day at the Jana Hefford hockey camp? <laughs> sign up Steve for a day. I don't know. My camp has been on pause for the last two years with COVID. However. Right. There's ice rinks everywhere, so let's do it. Let's get them on the ice. We get there. We'll have some fun. Jana, I, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, we did play some street hockey together in Vancouver. I do. And we gave, so I think, who, who was it? It was you, Jillian Apps, and was it Jennifer Botterill? I think, I think so, yeah. We gave them these short, crappy, like no flex in the stick, no, uh, no curve in the stick. And we, I basically, I was the goalie and it, you know, so we, we want to make a funny video. So we knew we were going to do two takes. The first one, I'm just flopping around like a buffoon. The second one, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try because I want to see how well I do. And I did worse. I didn't, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe one of you, I think it was you, just went backhand shelf. It's definitely me then. <laughs> oh my God. And like, you see, you, you just, I, oh, I wilted. I, I, wilted. I really, I really did. I, I wanted a story where I was like, I made a big save. Nope. <laughs> Somehow did worse. And I still have not recovered. So I'm sure I'll do much better. Let's on do it again. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'll do way better. I'm, on ice. Yeah. I'm sure you're way better now. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> There's no way. Um, no, Jane, I got no pride. Jane, so, I got to ask you while we have you, and I realize your time's limited, so I promise we won't keep you too much longer, but, um, five Olympic games, five Olympic games, four Olympic golds and one silver in Nagano. And I, I, you know, I always wonder with a tournament like this, if you're on the team, um, how are you feeling a week and a half, two weeks beforehand? Have the nerves set in yet? Are you know like how are, how do you think the players are feeling right now? Doesn't matter what country, Canada, United States, Finland, Sweden, doesn't matter. How do you think they're feeling at this moment? I think they're super excited. This is uh, this is such a fun time. You're sort of ramping down your training to to try to get in that nice peaking space. Um, you know, you're packing up wherever you've been living for the last six months. <laughs> and it, it's like here, right? It's like something you've been focused on every day for the last three and a half years. So um, super exciting as they get ready to go. Um, you know, once you get there, hopefully the nerves don't set in too much, but the reality is you get there and, and you realize, you know, this is it again, everything that's gone into it. 
And then you got to find a way to just play. And uh, these women have been through a lot in the last two years. Um, again, regardless of whether you're talking about Canada, the U.S., Finland, Sweden, um, it's been a tough two years, two, three years for women's hockey and and everyone, of course, with COVID. So, um, you know, I, I really just can't wait to watch all of these women go out there and, and perform. And it's going to be awesome. And um, they always capture the heart of our nation. Um, so looking forward to, to the games ahead. I'm hoping one day, and it can't be on our show because it's got to be with Noxie and Cax, but I want I want to hear the story about how it felt to score the gold medal winning goal that you scored against Team USA in Salt Lake. So we're going to I'm going to hold that story, but I definitely want to know the, the whatever it is that you might remember from that. And if it's nothing, I completely understand because that would probably yep. be a blur. But I want to hear that story and how that felt. Is that cool? Can we can we save that yeah, one whenever you're ready? Amazing. All right. So, uh, Jana, uh, before we let you go, um, we just want to say on behalf of the SDPN, thank you to the PWHPA for taking a chance with us. Um, I know that, you know, you know, cold calling and that sort of thing is uh, is a little bit out of style right now, but I really appreciate you taking hours. And uh, we are very, very excited to embark on this partnership with you. Well, I appreciate that. We're uh, we're super excited. Like I said, for us, it's uh, it's about relationships. It's about values. It's about people that you know, want to grow the game with us. And that's, uh, that was clear from the beginning with you guys. So super excited to see this roll out and hopefully it won't be the last time we all chat and, um, looking forward to all of it. So thanks to you guys. Well, we have your contact now, so it can't be. (laughs) 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 Jada Hefford, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So you mentioned Team Canada and like Olympic stories and all that. One thing that a lot of people don't know is that in preparation to go to the Olympics, you have to go to a Hockey Canada boot camp thing. So they they take all the players and they put them in, I guess it's like a little bubble. It's like a, it's a hockey boot camp. And they train them to the point where it's going to be any it's going to be everything worse than what you're going to go through for the 2 weeks of the olympics so it's hell so they push them to the brink of like you don't want to play hockey ever again and noxy and cax on one of the demo episodes they run through some of the stories from hockey boot camp we just release that episode then i i would but they're going to re up those stories with a guest on a future episode and it's an okay. unbelievable look inside of what it takes to be an olympian cuz you don't you don't think about yeah. the training that goes into it and and these uh, these athletes, like it's incredible what they have to do just to get ready for the Olympics. And then they go play hockey and then it's all good. But just leading up to it, it's fascinating. So you have to hear that episode in the next couple of weeks. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to ask about that because they've already made two good episodes. But are they ever going to see the light of day? Probably not. Yeah, probably just, no. you know, no! yeah. tell the stories in a different way. <laughs> yeah. You know, All right. Yeah. You, you don't want to like like with a hockey game, you don't want to just throw someone into the game and go, good luck. All right. You know, you got to have some sort of screen test demo, something you like gotta that. You got to practice. 100%. You got to have a morning skate. 100%. Did you? Fair enough. Were you Coach Jesse? Were you tough on them? Oh, no, no, no. I left. I'm not Shelton Keefe out there. Oh, yelling okay. and, 
<laughs> all the swear words and F-bombs. You were yeah. soft today, Noxie and Cax. Soft. Like, in every 10 minutes, I'm interrupting, just being like, play harder. <laughs> Adam Wilde would have said something different in this moment. <laughs> Set up that topic better. Soft and purposeless. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sounds like some of my air checks on radio. Mm -hmm. um, listen, so... Uh, Steve is not feeling well, obviously. Um, and getting better. Uh, yeah, getting better, but just uh, it's just a twenty one of those bugs, right? It's not COVID. Everybody's gonna ask. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, it's, I'd be pretty surprised. <laughs> yeah, it'd be <laughs> you'd be the first person ever to have these symptoms for COVID, so you can assume what right. Steve is going through. Um, yeah, but you know, just listen, these. Yeah. I want to talk about this because um, I, I I I said to the guys before the show. Um, and I wasn't sure it would be appropriate to say, but then Jesse said, well, you should probably say that on the air. Can we talk about hockey for a week without there being a racist incident? Like, how long, how long do we need to, how many years do we need to talk about racism happening? Almost, it's almost monthly, right? And, it, I, and it's not necessarily always in hockey, but it's in, in the pop culture. It, I got to be honest, guys. It's, it's surprising and shocking to me every time. And what's worse is that for people of color, it's not. No, it's we're only seeing it, you know, whenever it's recorded. Yeah, basically. And, uh, you know, one, one of the things that struck me is, you know, because this is now two racist incidents in hockey ago. Uh, Boko Imama was uh, on the tail end of a racial slur in the AHL for the second time in three years and i saw people saying like oh i feel so bad for him because this is twice now no it's not no it's not this twice is... that we know about right yeah it's not two no so I, and i mean i'm sure a lot of the people who who watch the show play nhl um you know you can't go two or three games without playing a team that's you know, entirely the darkest black character, you know, called like George Floyd United mm -hmm. or or something like that. Um, you know, it's not exclusively a hockey problem, but it's bad, man. It's it's really bad. It's really bad. Like there's there's a shaky angle of what happened to Jordan Subban at an ECHL game. And if we didn't have it, uh, we would just have his word. And there'd be even more people doubting him, doubting him than there already is, even though it's on friggin' camera. Um, I also want to say too, Jesse. I'm sorry to, to no. the if you turn up the volume on that. This, so this is the Jacob Panetta Jordan Subban incident that has now gone viral. But if you missed it, I just want to give you the context. Um, there was a uh, there was a scrum, um, and essentially um, uh, Panetta when they were skating back to their respective benches or the penalty box wherever the refs was ta were taking them it wasn't evidently or it wasn't evident at that point um uh there was a racist gesture that i don't need to repeat uh that panetta kind of uh, uh i guess emoted towards uh suban uh and suban obviously went after him at that point panetta has put out a, a statement and it was a visual statement on his social media um saying that you know he he thought it was like a you know like a weightlifter thing yeah the what he did is important because he's saying that what he did shouldn't have been taken the way it was. He he 
said he did a weightlifter thing, like you said, but it sure as hell looked like, and Jordan Subban took it as him doing a monkey gesture. Mm -hmm. And that's how uh, the ref saw it on the ice, and the ref ejected him for a racial gesture. That's what went down in the on the game day that so the day. ref saw that yeah that's what he was ejected for that day and that's how jordan, jordan suban took it and then yeah his statement was that it was a tough guy thing and i i thought i was crazy but i think pk pk suban was the one that pointed it out on on uh, instagram when he posted it because he re retweeted it and reposted it on his instagram um and he said it if you turn up the volume you can hear people yelling the n-word mm-hmm openly in a crowd mm -hmm. and you know when you see i don't know if you guys saw pk's press conference afterwards after the new jersey game this weekend but he talked about it he's like he's like what if wh what if jordan wasn't a suban and had a brother playing in the nhl who has a big social media following he's like you know how many how many people just like jordan have gone through this but didn't have the last name suban didn't have the the same public profile that comes with with PK's name, with Jordan's name, they're all, it's all their name. And I think, you know, again and again and again, um, we keep seeing this. And it's so funny because I, I, I the comfort level with it is the part that shocks me the most. Mm. You know, I'm not surprised that there are ignorant people out there. That I'm not surprised with. Especially in the last five years, the, comfort level of people just yelling something like that out doing something like that has been the part that shocked me the most it's been and and i i don't know maybe it was always there uh but i don't i can't remember a time where it was like like where people were like oh, well i guess he's just a, a an outward racist do you know what I'm saying? I think it's it's being caught on camera. I like I think that's okay. why we're seeing it so much is because of technology. Mm -hmm. It's like because uh, I was like, okay, how are we going to talk about this incident? Because we can't sit here and do the racism is bad conversation. Yeah, I think we <laughs> like we're, we can't. <laughs> oh, we're going to condemn his actions and finger wag at yeah. racism. Well, like, it's like, it's like you know we retweeted and everyone's like this is disgusting. I think we're beyond this is disgusting. That doesn't help anything by saying it's disgusting because. That should be like the minimum. That should be the baseline. Yes, this is all wrong and it's bad. But yeah, the point you make about how comfy it is, and it seems to be that it's it's comfy within the game, mm -hmm. like on the ice specifically in hockey, because we we're not getting weekly racism incidents out of the NBA or um, the G League. You know, as an equivalent, the G League doesn't have monthly racism issues. So, uh, I guess. I'd liken it to technology just catching these comfy racism moments and that they've been happening for the last forever yeah. within these minor league okay. hockey leagues. You know, so I think the the Akeem Aliou uh, commented on the incident. I thought he made a really good point. And there's a couple things I want to say here because, um, you know, I think it's important that we get to these. But Akeem nailed this. He said, can we stop saying hockey is for everyone? I know that's the NHL's mantra and it's what they want you to believe. But as we continue to witness, it's simply not true. How about we say, let's make hockey for everyone. Admit our shortcomings and strive for something tangible. Now that is a really good point. There's a big, you know, to some people that might not seem like a big deal. But I think admitting where we are is we, we haven't even got there with the NHL yet. And, and there are people who are going, well, why does this have anything to do with the NHL? This is the ECHL. It's a completely different league. Guys, the NHL is the leader in the sport. 
They are the leader in the sport. They set the tone. When the NHL changes its rules, the CHL, the AHL, the ECHL, they all change their rules. When the NHL wants something tested, they call the CHL, they call David Branch, and they say, can you test this in the CHL, please? Mm -hmm. The NHL is the leader. So on the ice, they are the leader. Off the ice, they are the leader. They set the tone for hockey. And that is why it's important for the NHL to take a stand here. Mm-hmm. Now, does the NHL and its and its its leadership understand that? Clearly not. But once they do, we might actually be able to make some progress here. Until until they do, until the NHL says, "Listen, if you're going to do that, you'll never play here." Until you do that, uh, until the NHL does that, we're going to continue to have these conversations. And that's the problem. You know, the NHL in so many ways, because they're lawyers, never want to admit fault for anything. And the problem is, is that nothing is perfect. But to completely ignore an issue like this, which is a societal problem that is reflected in a sport that is majority white, to ignore where we're at with this is reprehensible reprehensible and irresponsible. You can't, We can't move forward until the NHL takes a really good hard look at this. And they are not willing to, and uh, we'll we'll take from uh, Black Girl Hockey Club, get uncomfortable. It's fucking uncomfortable. Nobody wants this. Like, nobody on the show wants this to be the case. That's That's the problem here. It's it's that the NHL needs to take the leadership role here. They need to take a step forward. And I, 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 you know, uh, listen, I'll be honest with you. How much ECHL coverage do you see ever? If you're in a major, never, right? Not a ton. So you're, you only hear about these leagues when something either spectacular happens or something awful happens. Thing, we, 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 we talked about that with the, the Ukrainian league. We were like, no offense, but we shouldn't be talking about this league. Right, right. exactly. You know, so except if, this happened. If the Ukrainian league or the ECHL takes a really hard stance and does the right thing, that's great. But we need a platform for which that needs to be broadcast. And the only league that's got that kind of platform is the NHL. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah, there needs to be some sort yeah, of acknowledgement that it's a problem. Like, that's the first step, acknowledging that there's an issue, and the NHL doesn't do that. Yeah. Like, what if what if there was a... If you're suspended for a racist incident in a minor league before you reach the NHL, you're never allowed to play in the in National Hockey League. That seems fair. If you're a racist, you can't play in our league. <laughs> I mean... But, like, I don't know. There, There's, there's no... Like we we've seen how how Batman and Co react to anything that's controversial in the league. It's ignore it. Go to they play are, the legal side. They're worried about they're worried about and that's this is this is you know without saying it they're saying it they're worried about alienating people. Mm-hmm. They're they're mm-hmm. trying to stay quote unquote neutral. I don't know why you need to stay neutral when it comes to race. I understand staying neutral when it comes to politics, um, but I don't understand why you need to worry about like are, are if if you're worried about alienating people because it's wrong to be a racist if that's a problem for you why do you want those people in the first place and number two i think and probably more importantly you might have a problem with your sport all right you you're worried be- about that many people leaving that means there's that many people who would disagree with you about racism you should be okay with alienating that side yes and here's the thing they're worried about well 
people who don't believe that they're racist or like, well, but I don't want any of this woke bullshit. Come on, guys. Come on. This is this is easy. Like we're asking you to do the bare minimum and you can't. And and what's what's been disappointing too is the lack of statement from the NHL. Obviously, um uh Panetta's team put out a statement and then put out another statement. They released the player, obviously. Uh, but then they were like, We apologize to anybody who was uh uh um uh, apologize to anybody who was offended. Anybody? It, yeah. Subban could have he could have gotten an apology directly, could he not? Mm-hmm. That and listen, I, there are people all over the ECHL going like, you know, this is pending a hearing and they've got it, you know, the ECHL has to take over this. Um, and people are like, you know, it's right on camera. Why do you need to, why do you need to have a hearing? Well, they have to, they have to have a hearing. That's yeah. the deal. They have to have the hearing. You know, and I know what happened, but the, these, this is an organization. They have to have a hearing. They have to go through the protocols. I get that, but I can't understand why you can't just say, uh, publicly jordan holy shit we're so sorry like is that is that hard yeah i had a i had a tough conversation yesterday with julian uh mckenzie um just because you know he was sort of venting to me a little bit and i was you know never know how to ask the question you want to talk about it um right and we had a we had like a 45 minute phone call about it and i feel bad because and you know, Jesse, I'm sure you know the feeling. Um, I was with Kevin Weeks at an event once and I can't, I can't remember what it was, but his phone was ringing off the hook. And the reason it was ringing off the hook was something racist that happened. I want to say it was when Wayne Simmons was playing an exhibition game with the Flyers in London, Ontario, and mm-hmm. someone threw a banana on the ice. And you know, I, I didn't connect the dots and I was just like, Oh, you're a popular guy. And Kevin's like, well, yeah, something, basically something black in hockey happened. And he, you know, I definitely got the impression he was tired of being the guy who getting the phone call because, you know, something racist happened. Basically I'm, I'm sick of talking about it because I'm sick of it happening. Mm -hmm. And I hope this is the last one. I think we know it won't be. So it needs to, you need big brother on the case and that's the NHL in this case. They're the biggest organization and the punishment needs to fit the crime. You know, it's your, you don't, you do not have a human right to play in a hockey league and it can be, taken away that privilege can be taken away if you do something like this i also want to say this um on top of that steve i think you know we gotta um there's a couple things that i think you know when people are mad they we blurt at least i do some people get mad and get quiet jesse do you get mad and get quiet or do you blurt i feel like you get uh i'm more quiet you're quiet yeah 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 (laughs) You must have spent most of our first few years together mad at me then. No. Still, <laughs> still going. So here's, here's what people said. Throw the book at him. Kick him out of the league. I'm down. But if you think that is going to prevent other racist incidents happening, 
We know from the cr criminal justice system that deterrence on the whole don't usually work. They don't, they certainly don't snuff out the problem. Every single player, every single player, you want to play in this league, we got to be proactive. We can't be reactive. Mm -hmm. We got to have some sort of training here about racial sensitivity. Like, let's just be honest about it. Most corporations have it. Why do the why do these leagues not have it? Because here's the thing. If 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 I'm the ECHL and I haven't done that and I go, well, I kicked him out of the league. Well, people go to jail for murder all the time. It doesn't stop murder. Mm -hmm. You must educate. You must help people understand. And listen, you're going to have people from all sorts of different backgrounds. You'll probably have some players who got racist families who've never been exposed to different cultures. Maybe they're from a town where there aren't a lot of different different cultures there. Mm -hmm. So uh, Christophe Rabik is going through uh, sensitivity training as a part of his indefinite suspension. Why not the whole league? Yeah, but... Um, mm. Take two days out of your fucking season before training camp starts. Sit there for eight hours. Let's do it. Once a year. Yeah. I mean, is, is that hard? Can we it do is. That? It is interesting because my instinct is to say, well, how the fuck don't you know that's something you shouldn't be doing? But clearly we know. But, but a, a shocking amount of people don't know. It seems like, it, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's the solution, but we're coming up with them. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm tired of this, man. I'm tired of this. Yeah. Do you guys have anything to add? Just a... Uh like follow up on what you were saying, Steve, about like weeks and him getting all those phone calls when a black thing in hockey happens. Like there's a, like when I, when the Amama incident happened, I think about his parents being immigrants from the Congo and bringing mm. their son over. And you, you, you know, you bring your, your, your child to another country and then they're here and then they're just marked as an outsider by this thing this thing they're enjoying and just how disappointed they are as parents that they bring into a country and then these mocks for being a monkey and just just it perpetuates the hey black people in hockey are this this unicorn and this different thing you know and and weeksy like in those moments he that's probably how he felt you know you harken back to you know he's he's different and you know you can you can't just help but feel for the whole situation and and how deep it runs. And you have a powerful hockey family like the Subans. And they can't even escape anything like this. And it's receiving so much press because of who they are. And you imagine, like you said, Adam, if it was somebody else. And like, I don't know. Like, we're going to be here again. Like, there's no yeah. doubts about that. That it's going to be in a couple weeks or a month or next season. But I'm glad it's being called out. I'm glad we have these conversations. I'm glad platforms like ours and the CJ show and... They mentioned it on Hockey Night. I'm glad everybody's talking about it now, and that's the only way to stifle it out of the game is to keep talking about it and then to implement some rules. And being proactive isn't something that the NHL ever does, and hopefully this is enough to make them be proactive on something. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've told this story before, but uh, I'm sure there's going to be some finger-wagging about like regions and and stuff like that. I still remember, I can't, I haven't found the footage anywhere, but I remember this happening vividly. Um, it was a pre-tournament game for the 2009 World Juniors. This would have been December 2008. Mm -hmm. 
And it was a pre-tournament game between Canada and Sweden. Everyone very excited. John Tavares, Victor Hedman, 1-2, that matchup and everything. And they're doing the anthems before the game. And the camera is panning the Swedish hockey team. And if I'm not mistaken, their goalie, who ended up being part of the Leafs organization, was Marco Wuja, who's black. And people, I remember the sounds changing in the building. Because people were like, oh, there's a, there's a black guy on Team Sweden. How strange. And that's at the Air Canada Center in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So it's been a problem for a long time. And that might not sound like the biggest transgression. It might sound like less than what Jacob Panetta did, but it's still something that contributes to the larger overall problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So be proactive in your life any way that you can. And obviously, we're hoping that the biggest league uh, in hockey, the most profitable league in hockey that makes billions of dollars, I think they're on track to make $5.2 billion this year alone off of us. You know, maybe maybe they, they could do something because it starts with them. That's who the kids watch. That's who the other leagues watch. NHL, this one's for you. Go and take it and do something right, please. Please. So, listen, there's no way to, to get out of this easy, right? There's no way to you know get out of this particular topic. As I always say, it's going to be a hard right turn. But we do have hockey to talk about. Um, are you guys good with that? Yeah, yeah. Want to chat a little bit about... Leaf Styles? Leaf Styles. Well, here's where I wanted to start, if it's okay. Because we've been hard on them. And in dramatic fashion. Down 2 nothing on a Saturday night. Calgary Edmonton. The Oilers come back and win a game and probably save like 40 jobs. So congratulations <laughs> yeah, to need, the Edmonton Oilers. They need to fix how they play hockey. Was, oh <laughs> what do you mean? Oh right. my goodness, watching that game. They play the highest event hockey. And anybody who yeah. can just either you're going to keep up or you're just going to stifle them, they're they're losing that game. Yes. If, if Calgary is a better hockey team, they win that game. Because Edmund, Edmonton was just so, they're, they're wild on the ice. I don't know what the best way to put it is, but just up and down all the time. It's just, they, they, it's, I don't know if it's lacking structure or just the lacking of caring, of protecting of the puck, but all they want to do is, is have fun and shoot and score goals. And occasionally it works, and most of the time it doesn't. <laughs> and they're, I think they're so lucky to win that game on they Saturday. They are. They're Whatever, man. They won. They won. <laughs> like, first win. First oh. win in 2022. It took 22 days. 22 oh days. God. And Leon Dreisaitl's goal, I have to say, when he turnstiled uh, Chris Tanev yeah. there and just blew by. It's a vintage Leon Dreisaitl goal. What a um, piss missile. Yeah. <laughs> Pissing missile. It's a shame he's not polite, though. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, just, it would make him better. It would. He'd be a better player, <laughs> better player. That was, uh, that was unbelievable. And you know, the thing is though, the end of the day, does it solve everything for the Oilers? No, but it does sort of feel like the air is out of the balloon a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Oh, absolutely. Like they were, listen, one game is not going to fix all their problems, but like, uh, I used this word before it's toxic. It, it became really toxic. Not every team is perfect. Um, no team in the National Hockey League is perfect. Everyone's going to have stinkers. 
everyone's going to have little ruts and slumps and everything like that. But this was a super slump and everyone except for Brendan Perlini was very visibly miserable with hockey and life. <laughs> so to get a, a win of any friggin' kind, I think is a huge, huge victory. How, how many of them were, do you think were feeling the Ryan O'Reilly? I just lost. I just lost my love of the game. Remember when he you said that leaving Buffalo? Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't tell me that doesn't happen a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, I don't know if Edmonton is quite as toxic as, you know, the O'Reilly Sabres were. That was bad. Looking back on it, like looking at the Sabres and how they play now, like they're still not very good, but you can see the progress and you can see people actually enjoy showing up and playing for the Sabres. Now they straight up didn't for like half a decade. And that's a problem. You know, the uh, the whole um, eight-team no-trade list is the seven Canadian teams in Buffalo. I mean, is it the proximity to the border, or is it that it sucks to play there? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> like, I don't think, uh, you know, it's not a problem with the city or anything. I think it's just it was just a miserable place to play hockey for a long time, and it, they're coming out of that now. They're a goaltender away from... A little bit of relevance. I mean, they're still they're still pretty bad, but they, they they got some young guys. They got you know Alex Tuck who definitely wants to be there. Um, things are improving with Edmonton. You're always going to have at very least the McDavid and Drysaddle shine. There is always going to be an excitement around the team, no matter how many games they lose, because you see them. You see Drysaddle score the winner. Uh, you know, 22 games into 2022, finally get their first win. And there's still an element of, mm, they could ride this for a few weeks and be okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It does feel like that. I don't know. I know. I know. There's oh, no, there's, I know. I don't, the playoffs is so far away. It's very far away and, and they still got to get there. Um, You know, and it's very interesting because... I don't think we talk enough about how they outshot Winnipeg like significantly in all four games en route to getting swept. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, man, man, they still have those problems in net. Although Koskinen was good, eh? He was Koskinen very good. I mean, okay. that, that cross-crease uh, robbery, I mean, that was yeah. the game right there. He saved the game. But you gotta, you also see sort of what I was saying where, you know, I'm I've seen Miko Koskinen win games before, but man, the team in front of him is so bad at helping out their goalies. Yeah. Kind of, you know, we give Mike Smith a lot of shit in that contract. Man, putting up the numbers he has with that team in front of him, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> pretty <laughs> oh, no, Mike Smith should be a Vesna candidate based on how this team plays defense. Do you have the standings, yeah. Adam? Uh, I can pull them up. Yeah. No problem. I want to know how far they are out of the second wild card spot. Okay. And so. how many teams are in between them? Standing. Oh, because, wild card. because Steve is on Zoom today. I can't pull it up on my own. Okay. So, Steve, thank oh, you sorry. for that. So, what we got here, <laughs> Edmonton, sorry. in the they are currently the Wild and San Jose hold the two wild card spots. San Jose, look at everybody. San Jose. Now, hey. to be fair, they got San Jose has played 42 games and everybody else is hovering around 37. 
Right. So I don't expect that to last. And their goal differential is a minus 16. So it's not going to last. Ooh. But uh, the Edmonton Oilers are currently six spots behind Minnesota for the first or five behind San Jose for the second. They have 40 points to get into that second wildcard spot. You would need 44. And it's reasonable to assume with 37 games played that at 42 games, they would have 44 points, which is where San Jose is at. Unfortunately, though, the big, the next jump up is quite large. Minnesota's got 51 points because they're in a really, really tough division in the Central. If Edmonton's really going to make this, they got to take a swing at getting into the top three in the Pacific. Because it's crazy that on January 24th, there's still only one Canadian team in the playoffs. Yeah, Calgary's Calgary's out by. I mean, Calgary has six games in hand on San Jose. Yeah. So they're, pretty reasonable to expect they'll be there. One hundred percent. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, we're not basing this on point per, points percentage, but I mean Edmonton. Right. They're still in it, but like based on what you've seen lately, and I know Vancouver's played four more games. I I would put my money on Vancouver mm-hmm. over Edmonton, just based on what we're seeing. Mm, they've leveled off a little bit. They're four four and two. In their last ten, but they've got um they've got screwed with their goalie COVID situation. Do you see that right. on, uh, on yeah. uh, Saturday yeah. where they're playing their fifth string goalie? I forget his name <laughs> off the top of my head. And then they had the UBC uh, yes. Pietro in the uh, yeah DiPietro Michael DiPietro uh, was their goalie, and then um yeah the UBC backup uh, as their e-bug. That was fun, but like they they pulled it out on Friday yep. with their fourth string goalie, and then. He got injured, so I don't know. The Vancouver's been playing so well since Brujo took over that I'm not betting against them. I, yeah, so was, uh, that was Spencer Martin uh, in net for uh, the Canucks. Was yeah, that he was, was the he, uh, he, that was the Friday game. Oh, okay. yeah. oh, he, he was right. a goalie for the uh, Mississauga Steelheads when I was the in arena host. Oh, there you go. He's a, he's a lovely young boy. So he's, I, he's very nice. I want to switch the Leafs here because I want to talk about the Atlantic for a second. The Leafs are seven two and one in their last ten. That's a great record. That's hilarious. The problem is that the two teams ahead of them, Florida and Tampa Bay, are 7-2-1 and and 7-3-0. and <laughs> The Leafs have 53 points. Boston has 50, and they're in the second wildcard spot. The next closest team is Detroit with 42. Wow. Hey, you, you want some fun? Uh-huh. Like, because it's breaking? Uh, so Josh Clohe, the Leafs lines at practice, bunting Matthews Kasha. Oh. We've seen that before. Okay. Mikhaev Tavares Marner. Huh. Kerfoot Camp Nylander? Okay. Oh. Engvall Spezza Simmons. Well, I, so well, first off, the way Engvall's been playing, uh, which has been unstoppable. Uh, he hilarious. Be, uh, yeah, he's been hilarious. I, can anyone stop here, Engvall? Mm-hmm. I wonder if Sheldon keeps doing this because in the playoffs, he may want to spread out the weapons a little bit. Uh, maybe. May his, his strategy the last two playoffs has been to pile the weapons together. Right, and, and neutralize run. them. <laughs> <laughs> How do we neutralize ourselves best? Put everybody he on the same line. the Matthews, yeah. <laughs> Matthews Nylander Marner line yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. I wonder uh, if, you know, it, it's a, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. Do you guys have any thoughts, theories? Yeah, what the fuck? Like, it's not like Tavares needs to get going. He's got 36 points in 37 games. He's having a great year. And they're all having a great year. When he tries to get them going, he puts them together. You know? Bizarre. Like, uh, this is weird. Okay. I feel like it's maybe a shot across the bow. Hey, play freaking defense. To Nylander? 
not yeah, brilliant. but like I don't feel like he's been poor. No, no, he's the only one getting the demotion. Though. Takeaway God. Well, maybe maybe it's not a demotion so much as it's a leveling off. So maybe you have three number one lines. Or two number two. I, if I'm Willie, I'm like I'm on the third line. Now. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, I'm playing with. Yeah, the I'm just no, just uh, Jesse's right. Yeah, Jesse's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, the Leafs are having a, a very, very good year, but it seems like they're going to be, I don't know, somewhere in the low top ten, and they're going to have to play, and just an insane opponent. Like that's what that's what it's going to be. Guys. They'd be better off having a wild card position, would they not? Well, then no, they have to play Carolina. Oh no! Yeah, no. yeah. It's, oh, you get <laughs> to play on. Carolina or Pittsburgh. Yay! Yeah, no, never mind. You don't because Pittsburgh and like Pittsburgh at any time really, but Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. No thanks. I don't want Pittsburgh. I don't want Sidney Crosby in the playoffs. Yeah. Do you? They've they've uh, really struggled in the playoffs in recent years. That is not going to happen again this year. I don't think so either. Steve, you said something in the LFR that was uh, pertains to this conversation. You were running through who they might have to face, and you were like, "There's no easy matchup in the playoffs, so it doesn't no. matter." And they had the easiest one last year and blew it. So, like, I don't know. Stop looking for one. Stop looking for an easy path to the Stanley Cup. It doesn't exist. Right. You like, should want many, the hard path. Yeah. Like, how many times, uh, you know, have you heard a team Stanley Cup journey and you were like, oh, man, they had it really easy the whole way. Never. Never. You know, people will point out that Montreal made it to the final and, there was an injury to the Leafs. There was an injury to the Jets. There was, well, actually a suspension to the Jets. Uh, to, there was injury to Vegas. Chandler Stevenson. They were the worst team to make the playoffs. Everyone wanted to draw them. <laughs> and they did and lost. <laughs> True. Yeah. You know, like, it's, there's no easy path. Stop hoping for a team. You're, uh, yeah. you're the, you cheer for the Leafs. You're on their wish list. Right, right. The the Islanders game on Saturday I thought was interesting for just a couple of reasons. First off, um, you know it's it's pretty clear that the Islanders need to get somebody who can score a goal. Mm -hmm. Like Parise had a good goal and that sort of thing. I get that, but um, their defense looks good. Like whenever I don't know what their penalty kill percentage is, but they certainly had the Leafs on a few penalty kills where I'm like the Leafs are like non factors here. You could see that there's a defensive system in place, but I I feel like sometimes first off they had I know they had goaltending issues. Uh, COVID issues, things like that. But I think sometimes when you double down on a system that's really, really working for you, in this case, in the Islanders, it's defense. If you double down too hard, then you just become that one thing. And well, and and then you can't do the other things that you need to do to be successful. It's right. You know, like when the Leafs got overly offensive, mm -hmm. not, no toughness, and then, they, and then in the playoffs, they had to play Boston. You know, yeah. it's... it's it it you know you do need a little bit of mix of some of those things play to your strengths but you got to have 80% has got to be your strength some of the 20%'s got to be something else yeah there's um sorry boys i'm not i don't remember what i was you're a, you're saying. a trooper steve dangle listen we're <laughs> keeping fun. the show somewhat short today because of uh because of how you're doing <laughs> so uh, i what feel was for it? You. oh um the islanders ran the leaf show um with babcock at the helm the keith leafs have all of a sudden turned into the islanders boogeyman where the leafs give the islanders the backup treatment every time and beat them anyway Morazic allowed the most goals against the islanders that any leaf goalie has in their last three games and he only allowed one wow <laughs> 
Wool got a shutout first career, and uh, Michael Hutchinson got one, I believe. Yeah, it wasn't and even Jack Hamill. You got to talk about the Garrett Sparks Memorial Adam Wilde stand-up for John Tavares game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Underrated, unforgivable thing Babcock did. Like, yeah. yo, yeah, he scratched Spezza for Nick Shore in the home opener. Yeah, that was bad, but just get a pulse. Like, what? how is your backup starting John Tavares' return to Long Island? Get a clue. Get a clue. There's and a perverseness got, with that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I got a lot of people going. Oh, yeah, but you can't, you can't, um, uh, adjust your plan like that. What if you simply yeah. did? <laughs> right? Yeah, you can. Yeah, right. you can. And like, it wasn't even Sparks wasn't even really the backup at the time. He was like the, the we're testing out Sparks yeah. as a backup. Here's here's a guy that didn't get claimed this year. Yeah, <laughs> that's that. And you start him in the biggest game for John Javaris's career so far. Like, no, and if and if I remember, they like held the fort pretty well early on in that mm -hmm. game, and then there was a goal that went in, and then there were several. Yeah, <laughs> and the Islanders just killed the Leafs basically every time. Um, and then I think Freddie gets in there and he finally won their, their first one. Tavares got the winner, mm -hmm. but under Keith, like, I don't know if they've lost to them. I can't remember. It's, it's been, it's weird that the Leafs are anybody's defensive boogeyman and they appear to be the Islanders and believe me. <laughs> I, I don't get it either. Well, the Leafs look good <laughs> defensively against the Islanders because the Islanders cannot score. <laughs> like <laughs> They Man. literally cannot score. It's not fair. Now, like to be fair to them, they've been way better of late, but they're still... Did we talk about this on the last show? How even though they're like 7-2-1 and one in their last 10, they're still like 16 points out of yeah, the spot? We did mention it. They're, yeah. the, the chances of them making the playoffs are not looking good. They just they're dug still too big of a hole. Yeah. They're still 16 points out. Yeah. Let me throw this at you. The Toronto Maple Leafs have 128 goals this year. Now, obviously, there's been some discrepancy. A lot of teams are like five games back like the Leafs are. Florida Panthers have played the full amount of games. They have 168. <laughs> I don't see the Leafs scoring 40 goals in the next five games. That's how potent <laughs> the Florida Panthers offense is. It's insane. Can anyone yeah. tell me how many goals the New York Islanders have this season? Um, you said the Florida leads it with how many? 170. And here, here, just throwing it out there. So Panthers 170, Avalanche 165. Third is 149. So Steve, stop. That's, you can't look yeah, at it. So Steve, Steve look no, 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 at no, no. So I'm, I'm looking at the top. Just look at the top. Just look at the top. <laughs> By the way, the Islanders have played the least amount of games in the league because they had all the COVID issues. 34 games. Yeah. So Steve has not well, seen and, it. And also, they're uh, they couldn't play. They're the arena. That, oh, that's that, right. Like, yeah, there's I, that I, too. I forgive <laughs> their very poor season so far because they didn't get to play at home for a month and a half. Yes, while they waited for UBS to be built. Yep. But also, you got to at least stay competitive. You can't fall off the map completely. Yeah. I'm gonna guess uh, 110 goals. 110 goals in 34 games. Reasonable. I'm gonna guess 96. Are you guys ready for the real stat? What is that? Last in the league in 34 games, the Islanders have. 79 goals. Whoa! No, they're at 80 now, liar. What? No, this is to NHL.com. They are at That's what I'm on. 79 goals is what they say. Goals for 79. Well, okay, so, okay, 79.5. Okay. <laughs> what? It's, it's, I'm looking at it. It says 80. It says 79 okay, here. You know what? Don't think it matters. No, it's <laughs> no. bad. Either way, it's bad. 
They have what the hell? Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, and it's funny because their goals for per game is not even the worst in the NHL. The worst in the NHL, yeah. um, Montreal. Ah. Forty games. How many goals so does Montreal bad. have? Oh well, I already saw. It's bad. Jesse, how many goals do you think? Jesse, guess. You said it's a little better. So like they've played forty games as well. Eighty-five. Eighty-seven. Oh, wow. So they are the worst. 2.28 goals for per game. And then the Arizona Coyotes are actually worse than New York as well with 89 goals in 40 games, 2.23. And the Coyotes and Canadians have both let in over 145 goals to match their 80 plus goal totals. So that is ugly, mm-hmm. ugly, ugly, ugly. Um, and it's surprising. I mean, I guess I, I, I get it with New York. It's, it, you know, it was a weird season and the COVID and everything else. But I have to say this one thing. When they did the camera shot and they pull away from the building, Belmont looks really nice. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Like UBS Arena, like I, I want to go. It looks amazing. They'll be fine. I, I think they're going to be fine and this is an off year and Lou's going to win the draft lottery because... <laughs> Because they have to. That's how it works. <laughs> they get and Shane Wright. Oh! Yeah. Barzal and Shane Wright. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Easy. I Identity it. line. Oh, man. Can't it just happen all in the Western Conference? Please. Yeah, they're going to get an unpro- unprotected first for 54-year-olds Dan Chara. <laughs> I hadn't checked our Reddit in a long time, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, our, our Reddit's kind of quiet because we moved everybody over to discord. Yeah, so I Reddit would, shouldn't exist. I would say, Oh, really? <laughs> no. Well, I, I would well. suggest that you go to the discord, but there were some people, um, musing at who they thought would be coming to the SDPN. Oh, and everybody thought because Dave Alter, uh, uh, resigned from the hockey news and joined the nation's network today, by the way, oh. congratulations to friend of the show, Dave Alter <laughs> and his new job joining a place that Steve used to work at. Um, right. uh, uh, Anyway, long story short, um, I, I wanted to, somebody sent me the link and I was like, oh, I should just check that. And then I looked at the Reddit. And so the teams that we drafted for, remember we did that snake draft? Mm-hmm. Yes. Somebody actually went through and, um, uh, and, and did our teams and did like a simulation with our team. No way. So here's what the rules were. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Each team consists of the six players you drafted. Remaining players are from the Oshawa Generals because you got to have 12 forwards, 6 six D, and 2 goalies. Okay. Each team has a home and away game against each team. Two points for a win, one point for an OTL. Top two teams advance to a best of three playoff. If a tie, it goes to goal differential. So here are the overall ratings. Um, my team is a 60 overall. Jesse's a 59 overall. Steve is a 57 overall. Um, and it, and that mostly had to do with defense and goaltending. Steve easily had the best offense, but his goaltending was like a 49. <laughs> um, game one, Jesse versus Adam. Jesse takes a two-goal lead in the first, and then Dreisaitl gets injured. Uh, what? Yeah, Jesse and Adam. Turn off injuries. Go back and forth for goals in the second, and Jesse uh, left with a three-to-two lead after the second. Both teams battled uh, to the third goals. Uh, but Matthews ties it up with 41 seconds. It's a 5-5 tie. McDavid scores the overtime winner, so I win that game 6-5 in OT. Second game, uh, uh, and again, it's uh, Adam versus Jesse. It's the home-and-home. Home. I took a 2-1 lead. Jesse's tied, tied it up. Dreisaitl, uh magically back from injury. He was okay. Um, while playing in the OT, McDavid scores again. 3-2 win. Final score, Adam wins 3-2. Uh, then it's Adam versus Steve. Steve leaves an uneventful first with the one goal lead. 
Steve that Steve's team then pumps Igor Shosturkin for five consecutive goals. Let's go! Forcing Ow. a goalie Man. pull at six nothing. Uh, Adam's team attempts to come back, uh, but they lose seven three. Game four again, home and home. Steve versus Adam. Adam and Steve leaving the first period tied at one. Steve's team takes a two one lead after the second, but McDavid ties it up quickly in the third. Oh. With an exchange of goals, the game goes to OT tied at threes. In OT, Connor freaking McDavid scores again. 4-3 Adam win. Now, Jesse versus Steve. Jesse takes a 2-0 lead in the first. Jesse puts up a fight in the second scoring, but uh, surrenders one, giving him a 3-2 lead going into the third. In the third, the floodgates open for Jesse. He gets a 6-3 lead and a 6-3 win. At this point, Adam's spot in the playoffs or in the finals is secure. Um, and this comes down to the final game for Jesse versus Steve. Tight first period, scoreless. Kaprizov opens the scoring for Jesse. Steve teams answers back with two to one, two goals, making it two to one. Crosby gets taken out at the beginning of the third period with a hit to the head. No! <laughs> <laughs> but then, and you know Jesse, Jesse was like, hey, I'm gonna take out Crosby with an elbow. Uh, yep. but then, but that doesn't stop Steve's team as they rally behind their captain's injury and go on to score two goals and one empty netter, and they secure their spots in the finals versus Adam. Who played oh. goal for Steve? The- Both the Oshawa Generals goalies. Oh, so okay. that's how they filled out the roster. Oh, okay, okay. Everybody else had to be Oshawa, Oshawa Generals, so that oh, was okay, Steve's okay. goal. I missed that part. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, first game, McDavid opens the scoring. Steve Bring keeps off. it tight, ends the first two to one. Adam. Uh, Adam's team adds another. It's three to one going into the third. Then Captain Canada shows up with a goal and assist. Sidney Crosby, that is. Steve team comes out buzzing with momentum on their side, and Hedman wins it in overtime. Steve's up one nothing in the series, baby. No way. I love that these games all go to overtime. Adam's team is pissed, and they come out firing two goals in the first five minutes of the first. Uh, Bullshit. In the second game, mm-hmm. Adam's team remains tight defensively, goes up three nothing. Steve's puts Bullshit. one on the board. But uh, Adam's team scores another two. 5-1 win, Adam. And then the final. Tied 1-1. Adam lights the lamp halfway through with Ovechkin. Uh, Sorry, Adam lights the lamp halfway through uh, the first. But Ovechkin from Crosby answers. I forgot Steve had Ovechkin and Crosby. Yeah. Steve team uh, lights the lamp in the second, but McKinnon quickly answers. It's 2-2 after the second. One minute, 20 seconds into the third period. Kucherov picks a corner and Steve takes the lead. 10 minutes into the third, Hedman lays a bad hit and has to fight, taking out Steve's only defenseman for five minutes. Only NHL caliber defenseman for five minutes. 11.45, Adam's team capitalizes. The the, uh, game is 3-3. 2.47, with the momentum on Adam's team's side, uh, they take the lead. Steve pulls the goalie with a minute left, 10 seconds left, and they scramble in front of Adam's net. They clear it. The clock runs out, and Adam is the draft tournament champion. McDavid wins the tournament MVP with 15 points. <laughs> I thought that was pretty intense, right? Like, oh that, yeah, that was good. That's, that's serious. Kudos to them for going through all those sims. Yes, like that must have taken a while. And and putting yeah. the teams yeah, together. Well done. Yeah, ultimatum. Uh, thirty-four sixty-eight. By the way, uh, no, it's not ultimatum. It's Tum Tum. 3468. I don't worry. Ultimate. Anyway, um, Tum Tum, I hope you enjoyed us over on Reddit and you should repost it, th- or not Reddit, join us on Discord. Take what you had on Reddit, post it on the Discord because that is insane. Um, and I love that, the, the, that it was that close. Um, now, shall we do the press conference? 
Yes. Let's do it. Steve's going to die if we don't make this short. I'm so hungry and I'm so afraid to eat. Oh, <laughs> God. So uh, today for our press conference, as I mentioned on Friday, we took questions from our Instagram story. Hey! It's a lot of fun because uh, we got a whole bunch of responses. Very well received. If you're not following us on Instagram, follow at SDPN Sports on Instagram. This question comes from Lexi Haberman. Are we going to see Nick Robertson in the NHL this season? What do you guys think? That's uh, a really good question. Let's focus on getting him in the AHL uh, this season. Because how many games has he even played? He's played two. Uh, remember, he broke his leg, I believe. Yeah. Early in the season. Two assists in two games. And oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So are leg. we... Oh. Like, just... Oh. He's had such a messed up development. Mm -hmm. Leave him. Leave him. Yeah. Let him stay on the Marlies. Leave him. The The Leafs' problem is not up front. They're fine. Uh, leave him. Let him get his feet under him in the AHL. Let him hopefully tear the AHL up. Mm -hmm. And there you go. I, I think, too, people were, like, getting on him about his skating in the preseason. I thought, man, didn't he just come off a pretty bad knee injury? So I think, you know, he went Horrible off... Horrible luck. Knee injury, bad knee injury. It happened in the first six games of the last season. And then breaks his leg this year. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to need some time to develop, redevelop the, the legs. Fair? Yeah, the Leafs... Yeah, Leafs have had some pretty terrible luck with their top prospects. Uh, Rodion and Miro has only played 10 games in the KHL this year. Uh, one, because coaches hate playing young players over there, and also he got injured. Mm -hmm. um, other guys have come to the forefront, like uh, Topi Niemela looks ridiculous. He almost made the Finnish um, Olympic, Olympic team. team. Pontus Holmberg did, made the Swedish team. A lot of Leaf fans are probably like, cool, I'm going to pretend to know who that is. <laughs> Tomorrow, <laughs> by the way, Team Canada and Team, Team USA's rosters come out for the Olympics. Cool. I'm excited. Oh. I hope Josh Hosang's on there. Mm -hmm. Eric think... Stahl's going to be on it. Which is he is actually for sure? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hosang uh, got, uh, got a concussion from a bad hit oh. in the AHL. Come uh, on. Which is. Yeah. So yeah, it feels like every time you're like, "What about fun thing?" I'm like, "Fun thing has a concussion." <laughs> yeah. Fun thing is a broken leg. Well, we'll see what the uh, rosters are tomorrow. That'll be really exciting. Next question yeah. comes from Wes Perniak. Who is a player you wish the Leafs didn't trade? So you get to go back and pick any player, any move that the Leafs made. You get to re undo it. That's every show we've ever done. Yeah, um, <laughs> dating. Dating back to when? Yeah. I don't know. Let's say uh, the 2000s. Like 2000, year 2000? Yeah, year 2000. This century, you get to undo one Leafs trade. What Leafs trade are you undoing? This is easy. Uh, Tuka Rask. Would anyone like to submit a wrong answer? Oh. Yeah. yeah. No, he's right. <laughs> that's, that's the one? That's yes, it? That's the answer. A thousand percent. He's a goalie, and he's probably going to go in the Hall of Fame. That would have changed and the trajectory of the franchise. A hundred percent, because they—I mean, who knows? They might have ruined him, but they—they—they <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't have a goalie for years and years and years. And having Rask 
you know, potentially undoes, well, it definitely undoes the Raycroft trade. Mm-hmm. Um, it potentially undoes the Toscola trade, which was terrible, which would undo having to use a 65-year-old J.S. Jaguar, which probably leads to not having to use Jonas Gustafsson. Like the, the butterfly effect spanning God knows how long by simply not making that trade yeah. is pretty wild. Is a, what a dog shit piece of shit trade. Here's one from Awesome Tastic Matt on Instagram. <laughs> Damn. I'm going to be a first time father in a few months. What's your one parenting pro tip? Adam Mild, Steve Dangle as fathers. Kick what it do off, you got? Steve, since you're the one dealing with the sickness. Uh, sure. Well, fuck. I'm lucky <laughs> Leo's with the in laws. We could not raise a child today. Holy shit. Like we could barely raise ourselves out of bed. Um, but you're not prepared. And that's okay. <laughs> I like that. The like that. the worst the worst thing I did was I read a couple dad books and I was like, look at me being a good boy. I know what I'm doing. And we and Leo was in our house for about two days and I went, Oh fuck. I don't know shit. I don't know a goddamn thing. Nothing prepares you for the sleep deprivation. Just know that it doesn't last forever. Yeah. It was enough that I never wanted to have another child again though. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, I know. Kidding me? I, it's not worth it. I, it wasn't for me. <laughs> I was like, one's enough. Thanks. I got a great kid. I love her, but boy, did it take forever to get Everly to sleep a whole night. I think it was eight or nine months. And um, I thought, okay, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. He, yeah. Leo is the absolute light of my life. But um, listen, I get it. <laughs> I was, what, you know what? And I understood. My mom said the same thing to me. She was like, yeah, after you, I was, uh, she's like, I always thought I wanted two kids. And then I had a kid. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, that was enough. Oh, God. That's all I needed. And uh, it's true. You know, love, love it. And you know what? I got to tell you, here's my dad advice. They get to be super fun. Like they're, they're always fun and you always love them, but they get to be fun in like a reciprocal way right around the age of one. And then from there, it's like this steep, awesome curve of awesome. They are so much fun when they start to understand you, even if they can't talk. And now like I can have a conversation with my daughter. Now it's not that deep. Like if I if if I call her, she tells me about three different things in one sentence because she doesn't know. She's so excited she doesn't know how to get it all out. But boy, um, there you know when when I uh, I love doing this. I love sneaking around um, in the hall like in our house. And if she comes walking by, I go boo, and then she get she goes ah, and then she goes silly daddy, silly daddy, and that's no. it. it's like it's the that's my favorite thing. So yeah, you yeah. have all those amazing moments and a little sleep deprivation beforehand. Yeah. There, right? There's the, the the cry potato phase is hard. The cry potato phase is really hard. Where they're just a cry potato. Yeah. And like they don't, you're not supposed to talk about kids that way, but there's no give and take. They just cry and are a potato. Yeah. For several months. And and for some people, not. For some mm-hmm. people, their kids go home and yeah. they go to sleep right away. Knowing Jesse, if he ever has kids, I know it'll be like, Jesse's kid will just go right to sleep and be like, I'm fine. I can sleep a full eight hours. No big deal. <laughs> But I, I, I yeah, oh to... my God, L- look at little Jesse Jr. 
<laughs> with the piece sign over his face. Yeah, I think I think you know it's okay to admit that you don't have to enjoy everything about parenting. You love them. Yeah. But I didn't enjoy yeah. the first six months. There it is. I said it. Yeah. yeah. There's there's no give or take, and it hurt my feelings. I'm not gonna lie. It's yeah. a silly thing to say, but it hurt my feelings. Uh, because I pictured being a dad to be a certain thing, and no one pictures the worst part, mm. which is the part where the kid just screams at you and <laughs> doesn't play games. Are they hungry? Are they tired? Do they have gas? Sort of those yes. right things. Steve, yes. can you stomach one quick question? One more? Please don't say stomach. Yes. This is from at Ryan James 8 on Instagram. What's the most dangerous zoo animal you could fight? Like, and fight and win? Yeah. If you had to fight the most dangerous one that you would be able to win from your days at the zoo. Who, who, so you, I, who you beating up? I got news for a lot of people. Um, you could not beat up almost every animal in the zoo. All, <laughs> almost all of them through millions of years of evolution have something that will fuck you up. Um, also, so, there's a weird infatuation, I feel like, people have with fighting animals. Yeah. <laughs> like, first of all, like, okay. Like exotic animals. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, it's like people like uh you ever see that old show where people raced animals? No. And it's like well, okay, so they had these that. it's they had sprinters race like a giraffe or okay. something. Like that. You can find it on YouTube, I'm serious. <laughs> Yo, what a but, great show. I I'd so watch that. Can I we know. bring that to SDPN? <laughs> or, or like who's, an who's the Olympia wasn't it like Ben Johnson who raced yeah. the horse? Really? Yeah, yeah, like or, the Rogers Center or something. Yeah. Steve like, versus Steve versus animals. Yeah. On the, a YouTube exclusive. <laughs> But every time I watch it, I'm like, okay, yeah, the sprinter did really well, but that animal does not know it's in a race. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. That's they very, don't. very true. You told it to run, but like they don't know what the end goal is. If they knew what a race was, they'd probably win. But anything with claws, you're fucked. Yeah. Uh, so like, you know, oh, I could take a wolf. No. You know, or, you know, anything bigger than you automatically no. Like almost nothing, almost nothing. Even like the little monkeys in the zoo, like a macaque. Like if you were to take on one, they're used to being little and having to fend off bigger things. Adam so and I went to bite your neck. Uh, uh, primate sanctuary. Oh, way many years ago to go see the IKEA monkey. Yes, and there was a section of the primate sanctuary where the uh, people, the keepers there told us, do not make eye contact with these monkeys. No, you they can't. They will destroy you if you look them in the eye. Avoid it at all costs. Probably don't just don't even walk in that room. Because no. they're so powerful. And they're, it wasn't even like these giant apes or whatever you're picturing. It was these little no. tiny guys. But they're so dangerous, you can't yeah. look them in the eye. And they say to women, like, pull your hair back. If you yeah. have long hair, pull it back. Because they yep. will pull on it. Tie like, it they up. Don't, yeah. They do not care. And like... Man, the thing that really struck me about that was how many, all of them were former pets. Mm -hmm. All of them, right? Dar Darwin, the Ikea monkey, was a former pet. Mm -hmm. And these are very definitely not pets. Mm -hmm. Like, these are wild fucking animals. And they talked about, <laughs> like, the crazy damage that it did. Because a lot of those, 
to have them be that young, they take them away from their moms too early. Yep. So they can't go back to the wild. They can't be, they can't function and they've got da psychological damage. It's fucking Yeah, they have crazy. to live out their days in the sanctuary because oh. people just kept them in their homes. It was these dangerous wild animals. Man, those people who were taking care of them did God's work, man. It oh, was, yeah. That was intense. You imagine that? You're, Every day you go to work and it's a, like basically a volunteer position, mm -hmm. right? And it's, it's, not like, it's a not-for-profit. They, yeah. they have to raise money to sustain their business. And uh, you could, every little thing in there could kill you. Mm -hmm. Yep. And probably wants yep. to. <laughs> to be honest. Like, I honestly, I, it's bananas. I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> ah, here, here to, hey, to, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> let, let me Let me lighten it up a little bit. You know the girl from the Saw the Monkey meme? The, the... There's a redheaded woman and she's talking about the Ikea monkey on the news. And there's a little banner under her that just says saw the monkey. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. No, here, just type it in. Like type in saw the You're monkey. You're talking about like a 2008 meme, Steve. <laughs> yeah, well, 2008. 2013. That's when I, I just, oh, well, anyway, I was like, hey, I know her. So she was she was oh. like potentially the most famous person I know. Because, oh. yeah, 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 we we went to Ryerson together, and I remember being like, "Hey, you know, you're on everyone's computer in the entire world, right?" <laughs> she saw the monkey. Oh, Bronwyn, Bron Bronwyn, Bronwyn. Yeah, I think she took the picture too of this tiny little monkey in a brown jacket. Oh, she did the she did the IKEA the very famous IKEA picture of the IKEA. Well, because she there. showed up to IKEA one day and was like, "Saw the, the monkey." The fuck? <laughs> 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 that is that is quite funny. All right, this was worth it. All right, hey, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Steve. You're Jesus right. Room. God bless him. He's fighting like he's fighting uh, a sword fight with one arm tied behind his back right now. Steve, you are a real trooper today, man. Thank, thank you for you. doing this show. I know yeah. it was actually if you if you don't know this, it was up in the air whether Steve would be able to do this or not. Um, so like Steve, I just want to say, as your friends, we love you and thank you for even even trying to do this. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's all you got we're, we're gonna wrap it up there uh compliments make steve uncomfortable uh we will see you and remember to look out for the noxie and cat show this thursday on sdpn sports um and of course if you want to read the press uh press release because we put one out and so did the pwhpa it's on our social media right now you can follow us at sdpn sports and at pwhpa our show needs our show needs more clapping more clapping clap us out steve We'll do it live. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.